0: what's going on? Hey, Lefty. Hey, Lefty, what you saying? Welcome in, Notre Dame fans. This is your preview show as the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Welcome in the North Carolina Tar Heels to Notre Dame Stadium. It's going to be Liddy once again. Under the lights, primetime, as we always say right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast on our network. That's how we talk about it. That's right.
1: That's what it is.
0: Welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am Sean Davis at SD2Mikes. My man, the myth, the legend, the original Lucky Lefty himself, that guy over there, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. As always, we feature Honor Risky. You see it right there behind him. Or Premium American whiskey. Real smooth, like the Lucky Lefty's podcast. Real smooth. That's why we spend it different. That's right. Well, you know, we have this preview show, a special guest, uh, Jordan Cornette. Most Notre Dame fans know him from the hard court or the hardwood. He's going to be joining us. He is the studio host on the ACC Network for College Football each and every week. So he's going to help us preview the ACC for this weekend and the matchup of Notre Dame and North Carolina and get into some other tidbits about you two. Ohio guys that ended up at Notre Dame. But let's start off with what Brian Kelly talked about. The overall health of his team. Offensive lines getting healthy. We did see a a tweet from Blake Fisher saying that he's close to returning. That should add depth to the offensive line. And depending upon whether or not they remove Kane Madden from the offensive line and insert Blake Fisher, most would say that would improve the production alone, the offensive line. Of course, we are going to be without the All-American safety. Notre Dame will be without their All-American safety, Cal Hamilton. Still the
1: dearly soft. missed. Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. That right knee is still going to bother him. It's not thought of as a long-term injury, so more than likely you'll see him back next week. But they'll be without him this week. Ironically, they faced him for a half without – they faced North Carolina – at North Carolina last year we'll without Kyle House. Hamilton uh, it was actually Houston Griffith that came in and D.J. Brown in the second half, and they played quite well to spell Kyle Hamilton who had left the game because of a targeting penalty. So, once again, Notre Dame is facing a defense who really doesn't do a lot, doesn't rush the passer, doesn't push back with the rush defense, but they do have names for check up front, Gimbel at the linebacker position. They have names. They have athletes. That's one thing Mac Brown has done his second second time around in North Carolina is litter the roster with athletes or increase the number of athletes or better athletes on the roster. So if you give him two or three more years, they might be atop the ACC conference and challenge for an ACC conference championship. But as of now, offensively, they haven't gotten off to the offensive start that you thought they would. After three straight games of over 300 yards, the last two games, Sam Howe was only thrown for 250 yards, with a touch with two touchdowns and one interception in each contest. So the offense has been up and down all year. Once it, you lose 4,000 yards to the NFL, Malik, I mean, I don't know what else people expect when you lose that type of production, and a four and three record. Definitely below the expectations they had. But even Mac Brown said he knew in fall practice that they were not a top 10 team, but some people had ranked them before the season.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just something that that dissolves throughout what preseason hype gives in the beginning of the season. Yeah. we talked earlier about these are the teams that are expected because of what they see on paper, but every week is challenging, especially when film begins to build up on you. This is year three for Sam Howe. So there's a lot of film where defensive coordinators to really get into a bag uh, of job a little harder each year you stay in college. The great ones like Trevor Lawrence, I know we say that a lot because he's the most recent, but guys of that nature that's winning 33, even Ian Book, winning 30 games at Notre Dame. That's not an easy thing to do. And so all that tape that's on them from this to be able to do that, got to give a lot of credit towards that. But going back to Sam Howe, I do think expectations grew this year. And with losing 4,000 yards on your rushing game, it's a lot more on you. So, you know, this is a good opportunity for him and us. One, for him to establish why they got him as a top pick for this season's draft. And then for us to be able to shut down another quarterback. We did a great job last week with a quarterback that had a lot of hype around getting drafted pretty high. So, it's going to build our track record in confidence. And at this point, we played a little bit all around the country. So we got a flavor for college football. And we're starting to lock in and hone in on what we do best.
0: Four-point favorites. Notre Dame will be on Saturday night over under sitting at about 60 and a half. Vegas had me vexed a little bit. I didn't understand why it was only a four-point spread. Uh, I think Notre Dame is definitely at least a touchdown better than North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you add that they're going to be at home, that should throw another two to three points on the spread. So basically by Notre Dame being at home, it's almost like you're saying it's a pick them on a neutral field, which is very odd and very strange. But that's just a little tidbit for all you bettors out there. I, I, I'm I'm <laughs> that once again, Marcus Freeman is going to find a way to limit another offensive juggernaut. Or another dangerous offensive team to a season low in points.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about the offenses that we faced so far. We had a, you know, a run and shoot type of Toledo offense. we had a Wisconsin offense. We went against a Florida State offense. Now we're going against a top, a USC offense is different than our top quarterback offense and Sam Howe. So Marcus Freeman has had his hands full all season.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's what is. What's made it so good for him is that this is nothing new and that he's been able to have successful game plans against, against great players and or offenses, especially a heavy run or heavy pass. So this is a good a good chance for him to flex his muscles and show why his game plan has is, is been elite enough for us to hold some of these teams back the way they haven't been before.
0: Everything we talked about with the running game and how important it was to Howell last year, not just size and stature, but his game overall has a little Baker Mayfield to him. Like he's not really the guy that can carry you. You know, he's a good quarterback, but if you take away that running game and the play action, he's not the type of guy that's to drop back forty times and just beat you and slice you up. Uh, he will make mistakes. Mistakes if you can put some pressure on him, especially and definitely. It's going to be interesting because Drake London was a totally different beast, right? Yeah, and he forced the hand of Marcus Freeman to say, "You know what? I'm not even going to go into my bag."
1: I'm yeah, we can't let, it. and we can't let players like Sam Howe get momentum. So we can't let him scramble and make a great play and yeah. bomb the next play, or get a good run and then throw a bomb to play after that. So if we can get him playing behind the sticks, get a sack early, get his second and twelve, and get him to play a little more hero ball that's better chances for us to be able to get some turnovers, and then we can frustrate them from there on out. I do, however, think it'll be good, a good competition in a good first half, but I know we'll pour it on second half. That's just kind of how we're built.
0: Do you think about the fact that North Carolina has the plan that USC tried to implement in the second half, which is more of balance and uh, taking advantage of a three-man front with the run game? Do you think – Mac Brown was looking at that and saying, you know what, maybe we should do this early on.
1: Yeah, I think that's obviously something that's is tempting. You know, you see three people with their hand in the dirt. I want to run too, you know. So right. Marcus Freeman knows that as well, and that's why he's been able to use those linebackers to kind of fill those fill those missing gaps and lanes. And that's the challenge that we have with Cincinnati. They knew that three-man front, they faced that a lot in with their conference. So had a bit much better of a game plan but for us I really do think that we're taking the steps and challenging ourselves each week to prove to be better so I do think Sam Howell's going to have a good first half but I I think the second half is where we really going to make our money
0: Well Jack Cone has proven to be and probably solidified himself as the starter for the rest of the season Brian Kelly has been adamant all season about the guy they see in practice best game of the year last week against USC. Best game on the ground for Kyron Williams. Will we see the same type of balance when they face off against North Carolina? Tommy Rees will get you a clean sheet in a moment, but Tommy Rees probably looks at that game and probably looks at this North Carolina defense on film and says, you know what? There's a lot of other tricks in the bag that I have. Should he stick to the meat and potatoes or should he keep pulling out the tricks in the bag like the jet sweeps and the reverses?
1: I do think we have the ability with this team to force our hand with Kyron Williams and continue him to to gain momentum throughout the season. And we're just going to run the ball and prove that it doesn't matter. I think that's going to open up, you know, Michael Mayer to have a big game and Avery Davis to come back into the fold. And it'll be easier for Jack Cone to operate when we're establishing the run first with Kyron. I don't think we need too many tricks, I do think we need more execution and get our superstars to football in this game.
0: Kevin Austin definitely will be looking for a comeback game after the disappointment or the not will say the ineffectiveness, but the up and down game. You know, he has some bright spots in the game, but he also had a drop ball early on that first drive that would have been a walk-in touchdown, and then the play, controversial play. And even referees have tweeted out during the week that it should have been reversed. It should have gone to the booth to be reviewed and reversed because he had possession of the ball before he fell to the ground uh, struggling with Chris Steele. With all of that being said, are you more excited to see what Kevin Austin can do? Are you excited to see whether Renzo Styles Jr. and Deion Cozy can add on to what they did last week?
1: Yeah, you definitely want to see younger guys make Make more spell, more splash plays. Considering that they're fresh, and then they, you know they're running harder than <laughs> than the guys starting every week.
0: So they're gonna That's come. Good point. And, That's a good point. Yeah,
1: you're gonna come on the scene, giving us that that real change of pace that you want to see as offense. Those guys are a little hungrier, but I do want to see uh, Kevin Austin. You know, be the established, dominant number one we need. You know, when it gets into later in the season, Lorenzo Styles may not be as helpful. As Kevin Austin needs to be for the team. So let's give him his 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 uh his givings and then we'll work on everybody else.
0: I mean, from your experience, what's the mindset knowing because I would the most dreadful week, especially for the guys in the trenches, has to be knowing that Navy is coming up on Saturday. I don't care what their record is, like when you know Navy is next. You kind of feel like, yo, you can play with your hair on fire the game before. Because you're like, yo, this is the last time we get to really play our style, up-tempo, and do our thing because we know Navy's going to come in and slow the game down.
1: Yeah, so we saw Navy struggle, uh, have Cincinnati struggle with them last week. And so I think it'll be the same for us. I think the way that we run our defense in that three-man front, we'll have to change a lot of things around. But uh, it's a challenge every week because, like you said, man, you're so amped to play the week before because, you know, this is a chance to really, you know, feel good about where you're headed because next week's yeah. it's a totally different week. It's like you start from square one, and it's a, a game about being physical the entire time and finding ways to stay warm and make explosive plays while you're waiting
0: on the sideline. So, once
1: again, 10-0, so 0-10, like, and 0, 0 and 10, <laughs> It's going to be a hard fall game.
0: (laughs) Notre Dame fans, I can only imagine what it's like that week leading up to Navy. Like that Sunday night after, you know, that Sunday night you guys have won the week before. and You're sitting there, you're recouping, and everybody's either chilling, playing video games, eating, you know, just relaxing. You know you have Monday off a little bit to recoup before you get back to things on Tuesday. And that Tuesday practice is like
1: Yeah, because even practice is boring, you know, preparing for these these plays that you're about to go against. And even for offense, you got to call a different style of game because you don't want to just score too fast, but you do want to get up a couple scores so you can help your defense out. But, man, a week that (laughs) it, it, it requires attention to detail and it will test our discipline as well, which is something that, we need at this point in the season coming off of a bye
0: yeah About to hit
1: the the the, the back end of the schedule
0: and this is where we
1: got to really lock in and focus if we want to slip into those playoffs
0: we might have to use the bust around style of defense as well this week you know get our hands up put our hands where sam i so sam how how won't be able to see he's short and once again it's not so much about the sacks as it will be about the pressure and getting them off of his spot
1: yeah, if you get him off his spot, well, actually, no, I think we should do something similar like a mush rush because if we let him slip through underneath these these defensive ends running too far upfield, that's where he plays his best game at. So we don't want to make this a backyard, you know, recess football.
0: Yeah. Foskey is licking his chops. He had, had some chances. Multi-sacks against USC.
1: He had some chances for sure.
0: And uh, I need him to hit his brakes, though. Just hit hit the brakes a little bit. You know, you're telling the media down in South Bend that you're going to be, you know, putting your name in the draft to see what feedback you can get. Like, bro, I can tell you the feedback you're going to get. <laughs> so, take it easy. Yeah, the
1: podcast can tell you what the feedback yeah. going to get.
0: Take, take it easy. Come back next year. Build yourself up to a first-round pick. That's, that's the feedback you're going to get. You know what I mean? Because right now, you're good. But you know I think for the most part very productive very pleased with how he's progressed but still sort of raw. When it comes- yeah, he kind of
1: plays like he's still trying to figure out his body. Yeah. But he's exposed but when he does and he flashes you're like oh yeah I can see the talent I can see where it's going. It's nothing wrong with coming back to refine that and then build on it. I think a, a perfect example of him of a type like that is Khalil Kareem. Yeah, a great, a great, talented player. You know, obviously developed the right way in a four-year program, and and you know he was ready to play when his when his chance got called at the next level. He's doing great for the Bengals, so I think that's a good example of how you can develop under the program as a D line. Elson does a great job, and it, and it keeps the momentum of uh, recruiting going. Where you can see a good develop like that. Dalen is another one. Yeah. And they uh Aday's
0: you know,
1: that and Daisy. I mean, he was super raw. Yeah. Super raw He he was there when I first when I was about to leave. So to see him playing with Atlanta right now, I'm like, oh my goodness, you done It really done turned him into a whole you know threat on defense. So
2: yeah,
1: nothing wrong with coming back as a defense end.
0: Nothing like that weight room, baby. Weight room training table. That's it. It's a wicked combination. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast, Sean Davis, Malik Zaire. This is the preview show for North Carolina. Hey, when we return, we'll have a special guest, none other than the ACC Network's own, Jordan Cornett. Previews the weekend in college football, talks a little bit of NFL with these two Ohio cats, and we'll get into the matchup, Notre Dame and UNC, right here on the preview show. UNC, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll be right back. You're listening to, to the Lucky, Lucky Lefty Podcast with Malik Zaire. Never will there ever
1: be another like me.
0: Um, you can play that it the left because ain't no right at me. All right. Welcome back to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. And we go out to the right coast. That's right. The East Coast. Man, good brother of mine. I'm a Chicago kid stuck in, be, in between two Ohio dudes right now. So we'll we'll see how this goes. Two Ohio Notre Dame dudes at that from ESPN and also the ACC Network college football studio show. The host, the one and only Jordan Cornette joins me right here, myself Emma Lee Zaire on the Lucky Lefty Podcast, my brother. how? I, first of all, how's everything going, man? With you being a
2: Midwest guy, now you're strictly on right. the East Coast. How How's that going for you in the family? Uh, hey, Sean and Malik, I'll tell you, man, it's good to be on with you guys. It's another big week for Notre Dame football, another big week of college football, and there's been right. so much chaos. But, Sean, to answer your question, man, it's been different. Like everybody, I think, since 2020, everybody's made some sort of adjustment. Um, our life change just happened to come – legitimately right before the world stopped. So we made this move out to the East Coast. We're in Fairfield, Connecticut, just outside of New York wow. City, halfway between New York, halfway between Bristol, where ESPN's headquarters are. Moved here legitimately two weeks before this virus COVID thing came up. Wow. We got in our house out here. So as the world changed, we figured out our new normal in a lot of ways.
1: Wow, especially getting the chance to... Beat your own back cave, hey, man, in a good time like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like things happen right on schedule.
2: Malik, let me tell you, we got a, we got the new house, which was a blessing. Obviously, close on that before the world went completely wild. Uh we got a golden retriever who we found out we were getting the day. Kobe Bryant passed away. Wow. Named boat, named her Kobe after the great. And then we had a baby. So I think we checked like a lot of different <laughs> houses as we kind of went along. So it worked out perfectly.
0: You really move forward. You know? Yeah. So, of course, as you said, a big weekend in college football. Before you get to that, Matt, kudos to you, and you better have. Yeah, congratulations. Shay Pepler, Cornette. Both of y'all are killing it. And you guys carry me through Sundays because I'm usually at the studio <laughs> cutting up plays and getting ready for the post game for the Bears, and I have you and Shay on in the background. Yeah, Give me all the information for the NFL. You guys take me through what is really – it's hard. It's hard to cover you know the
2: It, it absolutely is, Sean, but it's also easy. Like, you guys get this, Sean, on a producing side and now obviously being in front of it for the Lucky Lefty podcast alongside QB1 here. But you guys know, like, when you have a teammate you trust, that yeah. you know what's going to come out of their mouth, that they know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. Like the, the ability to work off each other uh, really allows us, I feel like, to put our best foot forward. And we, ain't have to, we don't have to do the Zoom meetings. I got right. up naked in bed with the woman I love talking about what our show is <laughs> going to be the next day. You can't get away with that unless you want a lawsuit. Right. So, right. So, oh, uh, those kind of luxuries do make it workable, but it's 24-7. We're around the clock, but it's a blessing to be doing what we're doing.
1: But you got to talk about too how important it is to have that chemistry when you're doing you know different things with the network and you know, on TV and do, doing different podcasts. Explain how that relationship really impacts how how it makes the difference. You know, it makes yeah. the difference in, in speaking and being able to get your thoughts out.
2: Yeah, well, Malik, you know the one thing, and and, and I don't know your your situation, relationship wise, but Sean, I know you're a family guy, and, and you know, like it can be real those things that happen with your significant other your spouse, the, the back and forth, the conversations. And and in that, it gets raw. It gets real. And I think it's relatable to people because they're like, whether it's the woman who's the sports fan and a husband's kind of a sports fan or vice versa, or both are, everybody knows what spats and debates are and not yeah. seeing eye to eye on <laughs> stuff. So I think a lot of people tune in and lean into the drama. I had Shay's aunt and uncle who are really close to last week go, another great show. Uh, But her aunt said, I wish you guys would fight just a little bit more. I was like, stay (laughs) tuned. Next week, I'm sure we'll deliver it. So I think it's a little bit of something for everybody, the sports fan, the person in a relationship, uh, the person that likes the uniqueness of what we present. I think all those things coming to an intersection uh, have a lot of interest at that intersection.
0: All right. The big elephant in the room. You're on the Lucky Lefty podcast. We're about Notre Dame football, so let's get at it. By the way, you know, people – this is the all-time blocks leader in Notre Dame basketball no history. So you know <laughs> I mean? you gotta give you your flowers before we Let's switch know. over to the football. You are there's a very team.
2: small arrangement of those flowers, so I appreciate them being delivered, mm-hmm. man. That's yeah, a bitch. No Indeed. doubt.
0: Have to let the people know who you are and who we're talking to. So, These two teams, Notre Dame once again facing an ACC team, coming off a of bye week to prepare for them. and. Sam Howell, I think going back to that Virginia Tech game, it's safe to say losing four thousand yards, over four thousand yards of offense to the NFL at the running back and wide receiver position, Absolutely. kind of put him behind the, you know, the eight ball. Working with youngsters and had to, you know, kind of reestablish a new continuity with his skill position guys. So, how dangerous is North Carolina coming into this game from an offensive standpoint? We we know they like the big plays. But how dangerous is this team? Have they progressed over the season, now being 4-3? and And when they walk into Notre Dame Stadium, just how dangerous will they be for this Notre Dame defense?
2: They're dangerous because when they put it all together, uh, coupled with a run game, which has been lacking, like you mentioned, those two pros in the backfield, uh, more important than any of the four pros that they lost, it starts with that backfield. Those are 2,000-yard rushers. Those are two guys that really set the tone to allow the play action, to sing, to take the vertical shots. Uh, to allow those go routes to come alive, all those different things. So if they can get a semblance of a run game, they become infinitely more dynamic. They haven't really had that. It's been pretty anemic for this group. That being said, watching Notre Dame secondary these last few weeks, and I know everyone's talking about how Notre Dame's been getting better. is still porous, still vulnerable. It's given up about 250 yards in each of the last two games, albeit in winning efforts. Sam Howe, with a run game, and guys like Josh Downs, who can expose our secondary, could make for a 350, 400-yard day. That's the only way that North Carolina can beat Notre Dame, is if Sam Howe puts on one of those performances that he's been able to put on in his few seasons there in Chapel Hill. This is on a road. It's a first real road test for this group in North Carolina, or maybe their second, you could argue. Uh, so there's the immaturity of this group that may not answer the call. But to me, it's the ability to get to Sam Howell, much like we did last year. Applying that pressure, it's when he's turnover prone, a place where the Irish really make their money this year a little bit too with takeaways. Uh, But just having a consistent pass rush can truly be the difference. And like I said, limiting the Tar Heels run game.
1: I agree. I also point to the fact that Sam Howell being the recruit that he is for the NFL, these are the type of games he's expected to have those type of numbers. So I think a lot of what changes when you lose such a big portion of your offense last year, the expectations is what changes for Sam Howe, which, you know, now you're all eyes on you. And so those are the moments where, you know, we can use that in in terms of helping us ourselves by playing top down. I think our biggest question too, and that North Carolina sees, I feel like the same way is that how are we going to tackle in space with a secondary that is porous, Our tackling has always been an issue in the secondary. So how they're going to be able to get a lot of bubbles out, they probably know we're going to get some pressure on Sam. If we can tackle well in that secondary and those guys can step up as well as play them and win those one-on-one matchups, I feel it'll make it a lot tougher for Sam to be able to operate. The run game, we've, we've had opportunities in the season to step up to the plate and shut it down, even if we've been able to give up some big runs. So I think the run game will have a a good opportunity to stop, but it's that tackling in open spaces where I think we can make our money this week.
2: Yeah, and I I couldn't agree more, Malik. So the only pause I have as we talk about that, damn it would be nice to have Kyle Hamilton. (laughs) Like isn't that wild? Like when you're calling for (laughs) something where it's like, cool, we got one of the top five talents in the draft coming up. But wait, he's out injured. So it makes it even more of a challenge for Notre Dame. Uh, given that, but that name is not a household name yet because the ACC's been down, and most especially because UNC's underachieved. But Josh Downs, he's got a motor. He's a motor in space. So as Malik, you call for somebody to be able to tackle in space, a place where we struggle. That challenge gets elevated with a guy like that because he could get to the end zone a couple of times in a game like this. And if he does, obviously it's problematic for the Irish.
0: Yeah, you talk about that. How much do you think Notre Dame is going to pull on the experience when they lost Cal? halfway through the game down there because of targeting at North Carolina last year with guys like DJ Brown and Houston Griffith. How can they pull from that and say, you know what? We faced this team and this quarterback without our best guy last year. We have to do it again. This time we have to do it for four quarters though.
2: Yeah. Like to me, and I won't name a university so as not to take a knock, but we're Notre Dame, man. Like yeah. you got to be. Yeah. Like not <laughs> some bum off the sidelines. Like, Boys can go. They're blue chippers. So to me, it's an exciting opportunity for what the future holds. Cause you know, Kyle ain't going to be in a uniform for the Irish next year. He's about right. to get the bag. Yeah. He's about to shoot anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. Now it's like, okay, how have we recruited? Who's lined up there? Cause you know who I buy stock in all day, every day is Marcus Freeman. So I know he'll have the proper scheme set up. But I do look towards the blueprint from a year ago and just say, okay, no, Kyle, the bubbles may be coming, but we should still try to. Take away that run game so those bubbles are so predictable, like good luck, we're sitting on yeah, them, luck, yeah. and apply that and apply that pass rush. Because let me tell you, UNC up front, them boys are not tough in the trenches Ooh. on either side. They don't have a consistent pass rush defensively, and they have not been able to keep Sam Howe upright. Now, some would argue Sam's also held on to the football a little bit too long trying to be a hero, neglecting to make the check down the easy play or to throw it out of bounds, but to hold it and be the hero. You can't play hero ball against Notre Dame, not with how aggressive this group will be defensively.
1: Now, you made a really good point talking about the trenches. Now, in the ACC, you see that it can be ebbs and flows of the strength of the offensive line. Can you explain to the audience where I always say we're too consistent in the trenches to not be a top ACC contender every year, which is why I don't think that us being in the ACC will give us any more benefit than what we're doing now.
2: Well yeah, and, and you know Malik, they they pay some of my bills, so I'm not going to <laughs> you know, be too real. I'm not going to be too real cuz I got to keep these lights on. My wife that's likes it. Right, right, so right. I got I got to keep I can't keep it all the way authentic, but yeah, if you're going to be real about it, it's been down. It's been down this year. Clemson's had to for the last few years really carry the torch. In a lot of ways it's been disappointing because Miami was supposed to be back this year. Derek King is one of my favorite student athletes I've covered. Never was able to stay healthy this year, so he couldn't really see who he was. And Miami was down. Carolina, down. Clemson, down. So in it, we've seen the surge of Pitt have a chance still here as a one-loss team. Yeah. Yeah. A Western Michigan loss is a real tough one, especially when you give up 44 at home. It's a tough pill yeah. to swallow for them, but it's still only one loss. And
1: those MAG teams are
2: good now. That's yeah. not. MAG has got talent. Right? And we saw it in that game. And then the Demon Deacons are undefeated. And you got Wake yeah. Forest, so – It has provided some unique storylines, but to go back to what you're saying, Malik, absolutely. Notre Dame's consistently in the picture every year because they're so fundamentally sound up front that you're going to be able to run the football. They're going to protect their quarterback. They're going to be getting after the quarterback. They're going to be stout against the run. Now the vulnerability this year, that offensive line has had to grow into it since Virginia tech. I think the last few games, they've been their best last week. They were their best.
1: They were their best. We
2: heard (laughs) heard it in a minute. Then Kyron Williams entered the chat, the most talented player arguably on the roster along with Kyle. So I'm most curious to see what Kyron does coming off of that momentum from last week because, damn, it was good to watch him go against the Trojans of all teams.
0: That's right. It's crazy because Malik has been leading the the charge, telling Notre Dame fans all year, calm down. Stop (laughs) acting like spoiled brats. You're so used to having this dominant offensive line like – let this line get in themselves. Let them get cohesion. And yeah. late in the season, you'll see them get better, especially when they bring somebody like Blake Fisher back, who tweeted out this week he's very close to returning. You talked about the last two games and last week against USC being their best game. Do you see that trend contending uh, continuing when they face the Tar Heels on Saturday night?
2: Yeah, because I think they know the challenge that's in front of them. And I think it's always really interesting to watch these teams that are one-loss teams. It's something about their focus getting more getting more tight. They're more locked in because the margin for error is wiped away. And I think teams feel like, okay, we're playing with a little bit of house money when we're undefeated. Yeah, there could be mental lapses. Notre Dame already had theirs. The Bearcats came in there, and they were the dog, and we were the hydrant. And so now you got to adjust and kind of play your game. So I think week to week, the Irish are focused. I don't think they were all the way sharp last week, but it was one of their better all-around games. Again, I call for the secondary – be a little bit better, but the places of concern aside from that, that offensive line getting better, the commitment to the run game, the foundations to Notre Dame's success, we saw those, and and, and what we've seen from Coach Kelly teams throughout his tenure, they beat who they're supposed to beat. They beat who No reason to be. not yeah, to believe that they, they, they take care of business. <laughs> they weren't supposed to beat Cincinnati, and you know yeah. what
1: happened? Yeah,
2: they, they didn't beat be Cincinnati. Well, <laughs> <So, laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're favored here; they should be. And I expect him to come in there business like at the crib and take care of business.
0: How are people really viewing Mac Brown the second time around in North Carolina?
2: I mean, look, he he's turned water into wine by coming back. Like, take away what the record is, what this year's been. You know, an incredible year the other year. Recruiting is at an all-time high. There's a buzz there at what is known to be a basketball school, but don't sleep on the level of interest with football. And Malik, I don't know if they were a school that recruited you, but yeah. Yeah that's a school that's committed to football too they love they football. are
1: they are committed to football it's yeah. just got to be there and be
2: like oh wow they really are it,
1: you know this is a real thing over
2: here yeah so i mean look max a legend the guys won a chip the guys yeah. done it as an analyst and is really shy so he knows how to to men to, to establish foster those relationships media uh to coach to program and use that as a pipeline to build up your program he's a mastermind so all those things but you still gotta say, if anybody struggled this year with you know what's in front of them, you could look at Mac Brown and put him at the top of the list of a group that's underachieved. And he'd say that. But you right. know what Mac Brown would also say, and we hear this from a lot of people, whether good or bad, for their benefit or their demise. You hear coaches say these preseason polls are a joke. We yeah. never should have been a top 10 team. Mac Brown said he knew we weren't a top 10 team preseason, but the number was there. And so these performances were based off a preconceived notion that should have never been. Yeah, you but I'll agree with years. that. I'll agree with that. But come on, man, you still shouldn't have the record you have. You right. still shouldn't be losing some of the games that you have. And he would agree with that.
1: Now, what is the difference, though? Because you speak about Coach Kelly's tenure, which is, you know, his best thing is consistency on beating teams he's supposed to. But if, well, would you say it's a, a recruiting thing that keeps that consistency? Or what is the secret sauce that – that teams fall on that consistent level of, like a Clemson. Clemson was hot, and now just all of a sudden they jumped off a cliff. Because we have this talk all the time about difference makers. I always say it's the quarterback that can really change it, but Coach Kelly has found something outside of the just being a Trevor Lawrence type of quarterback every year.
2: Yeah, so to me, it's simple. It's identity like in any, in the sports that I cover, college basketball, college football, the league and the association, those four give me teams that have an identity. You know, when you play Syracuse in basketball, you can get the matchup zone. You know, when you 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 know when you play Kansas, they're going to run and gun in hoops. You know, when you play Notre Dame, they're going to be fundamentally sound. They're going to pound the football, they're going to control time o'clock and they're going to get sound competent quarterback play. And they're going to be tough defensively. When you look at Clemson, and where the fall offs come is they've always had a quarterback that's been a beast. That has been the issue. And I hate Malik to put it on a quarterback. That's what you got to do down there, Clemson. DJ Uyongalale. I've never been more off on a prediction of a guy in my life, I feel like. But really? There's something to learn there, though, too. A young man balled in two games last year, came into Notre Dame in that losing effort, and balled. Had another great game. I can't remember the game is failing me. Had two starts was incredible. And everybody wanted to name him the Heisman before he'd been a starter. It's real easy to come in and, and fix a situation when there's no film on you and the expectations are low. It's entirely different to replace one of the greatest college football players in recent memory and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no man, look easy. <laughs> in his backfield was maybe an even more talented guy in Travis Etienne. So when you see those two legends two of the best ever play there alongside Deshaun Watson go, you get a little spooked and prom night nerves come out a little bit. And we saw that. So the identity there has been consistency at the quarterback position and offensively and also health. And those things have gone awry with Clemson, but I'm not with the Paul Feinbaums of the world getting up there saying Clemson's done. They caught lightning in a bottle. That dynasty's finished. That's bogus. This is just a down year for them. They got a top, quarterback recruit coming in next year that's going to push DJ to be the guy or be out and they'll be more healthy man,
1: that's the sad part about Clemson you did the guy you, they yeah, you, saw yeah. Kelly Bryant Kelly Bryant was like oh man this is crazy
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> zoo you need a okay cool I'm out like, and, that's how it goes. and that's, but that's how it should go you know it's competition and you only get one chance to shine so Spencer Rattler I don't know why you're still in Norman like go somewhere and ball bro you got it it's just Caleb's got it a little bit more he got the juice
1: Caleb got the juice right now. Man.
2: Yeah.
1: When you get the team, that's the that's the difference, too. He got the whole team on him. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So identity is my answer for sure, Malik. It's it's about having a uh, recruit to what you know. Like, Notre Dame's always going to have some pros on the offensive line. Notre Dame's always going to go get a couple D-line guys that are going to be playing in the league for 10 years, a linebacker or two as well, some guys in the secondary and a quarterback who's going to be a good locker room presence in the league on some on some franchise. So, like, those things have worked to keep us watching going into November with dreams of winning a national championship. And, look, we're not Alabama. We're not Georgia. Hope we can get there. But we're one of four or five teams that get to watch in November and feel like we got a shot still. I'll take that any day of the week. So is it as
0: simple as getting a Trevor Lawrence to Notre Dame? Like, we're sitting here talking – yeah, it's, it's it's as simple as, it's simple, simple, as Brian Kelly being able to track one of those guys at the quarterback
2: position to get Notre Dame over the hump. Yeah, I wish it was that simple to find a Trevor Lawrence out there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah,
1: yeah, you know, just pop out <laughs> I know they're growing
2: you know. on trees out there, but if they are, show me where that plot of land is. Let's go pluck one. But, right, it's just, it's a, t- I mean, Malik can tell you, man, like, it's it's a hard position. Exactly. Like, Malik had some, some great games. There's moments where you struggle. Ultimately, you are a great talent. You know what I'm saying? And th- and there's people at Malik's cut. There's people below Malik. There's people above him. It's about finding who the guy is yeah, and finding it consistently. And that's a challenge. I, it's, I don't think me and you, Sean, can have an appreciation for just how difficult that position is. There's a guy I've become really close with. E.J. Manuel played at Florida oh, State. Oh, man. He was a beast. Yeah. he East, got drafted first round, went 19th to the Buffalo Bills and never really made it in the league. And there's politics behind it that people truly don't know. Right. Or skin did not help that man playing in the league. And he'll be the first one to tell you in the stories that I've heard firsthand from him. I understand how that happened and why people don't really know what he could have been as a pro. But going back to it, he would talk to me about just how demanding the position is, Sean. Some shit we could never know that Malik knows very well. Right. Play into it. Like you can watch somebody throw a football. You can watch him be great in high school. But there's so much that goes into it in college and on on top of that playbook, demands, everything's on you. You're under the microscope. Your coordinator, you better be in tow with. They better be putting you in a position to succeed. Right. All around you, protection, play calling, scheme, all these things play into is this guy going to be great or is he just talented and won't figure it out? And it's a fine line. And I got educated on that these last few years.
1: Yeah, you made a, a very good point, and, and it, it kind of just shows within the league. And even, you know, if you're not a top-five talent, Deshaun Watson or, you know, your, your Lamar Jacksons of the world, the, the, the other side of that is so far like you would never know. You know, yeah. so if you're not a top-five quarterback that looks like those guys or Patrick Mahomes, there's not a lot of – Geno Smith's out there because even with Geno situations, like e boy situations, just bad fits, and I think that just fits into where the, the it comes all together with even Notre Dame is about fit. And I don't think the fit of a superstar, talented, generational, talented quarterback fits into that type of system, you know. I, I just don't think it's conducive to it because it either one way or the other, like for instance, Clemson. The quarterback is everything. If you ain't got the everything quarterback, it just doesn't look the same, right? For us, a superstar times the quarterback, I don't think will fit into the long run True. of what Notre Dame could be to be the ultimate beast. I think the quarterback could be the difference in a Georgia and a, and a Notre Dame. It's the same as like, well, Oklahoma's difference is the defense. So it'll be yeah, not the quarterback, but the defense is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. I mean, I'm not gonna say we don't have them, but we should be having Bryce Young on the rosters. We should be having the Trevor Lawrence's on the roster. We're a top five program all time, so I'm just trying to see. And know, I wonder,
2: yeah, Malik, you know. it's interesting because I wonder if it's because of you know, is, is it a belief that it's we lead with the run or it's too much of this stuff? But I'm thinking if we pride ourselves on protection, pass pro, and even have guys like Ky- Kyron Williams who are willing to bust their tail in pass pro yeah. on top of leaguers on the offensive line. Don't you want to stay clean? Isn't that the name of the game so you could thrive as a quarterback? So you would think, I got to be like, oh, yeah, I got these five big uglies that are going to keep me clean and even running backs that are buying in on pass pro. Yeah, I want to go there because I'll have the ability and time to truly shine. I-, I don't know. I'd like to see them go get more guys like you, the Tony Rices, the guys who could really hurt you with their feet. And still, oh by the way, really throw that thing. Like, you're clamoring, Sean, for a Trevor Lawrence, man. Give me a Lamar. Let's go get a Lamar. Like, right. let's get dream yeah. big. All right. right. That's the, to me. That's where the league's at. Like, give me a guy who's going to hurt you. That that is a running back and a quarterback. It's both. Like Kyler, Kyler's killing it right now. That's you what know? I mean. Somebody's going to throw. Pause. All of a sudden, fake a and a QB draw. Fake it. Step back. Throw that thing. Because you got. <laughs> Like, I want to see a guy – you don't even need anybody in the backfield. Like, right. I want to see play action without a without a running back because the play action is, is Look this one going to run right this, here or is he going to throw it in empty? That's, That's what I right. want to see. You know what? We spend it different right here on the Lucky Lefty
0: Podcast. So, all year we've been telling fans, like, yo, you have to be able to watch the game and be able to talk about what you see. Mm-hmm. Like, stop making excuses. And a lot of Notre Dame fans were – Upset with our breakdown of Tyler Buckner, you know, Malik was saying, I don't understand as a quarterback how you pull a hamstring, man. Like (laughs) like you flat out running too hard, too rigid. Like what's up? So when you bring up up Lamar Jackson, just the fluid athlete that he is, you know, your first look at Tyler Buckner, you've watched him up close. You were there at the Virginia Tech game. Long term, like how good do you think the young man can be?
2: He can be good because right now I think what he should be relegated to for right now, it's Jack's spot, right? Jack proved it in how he finished Virginia Tech. He did a job at USC. But I think by the way,
0: before you finish that, kudos to you on the quiet stunt. You did, because you guys actually hosted the show at Virginia Tech. Yeah. And and, and EJ and Eddie Royal were talking a lot of trash in the pregame. And once the game
2: was over. Yo, it didn't stop, Sean. How about Bruce Smith, the legend, the Buffalo Bills legend. Right. he legend on the sidelines in my face. I was like, hey, Bruce, you can't get my face because I can't fight you. like, Like, come on, man. Like, it's all love. I grew up watching you. Then we won a right. game. I didn't see Bruce anywhere.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, right. Cricket, the hero. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, for me, Tyler can really focus in on being the guy who gets his number call in the red zone and be efficient, maybe punctuating some of those drives because of what he can do with his feet. Yeah. But again, you know it's as as well as anybody, Malik. Your your decision making is amplified in the red zone. And you, you, you can't – you got to leave a points. You can't give the football away. And I do think Tyler gets happy feet sometimes when he has to become a passer. I don't think he's fully confident yet and sound in his decision-making, but the tools are there. I think he can absolutely be a guy. I like his tools more than I like Jack's for long term. Right. Jack has been really good for us, more so than I ever thought a Wisconsin transfer would be because Wisconsin right. quarterbacks aren't really like guys that go win games. They win yeah. with defense, and they score ten points, and they steal a win. Right. So I didn't think Jack would be what he has been, but when I look at guys like uh, like I'm watching um, Tyler, excuse me, I think Tyler has a chance to be something special.
0: Who's finally going to win this ACC conference, man? Pittsburgh, <laughs> Wake Forest. I mean,
2: I think it's going to be Pitt and Wake in a championship. In the okay. Atlantic, it's going to be it's going to be Wake representing the Atlantic, Pitt representing the Coastal. And I gotta go with Pitt. I think Pitt's the best team. I I've gone back I and forth. I like that. it will man. And I it's crazy we're talking about it. I want to give weight to respect, but I haven't seen them do it like I have seen Pitt. up,
1: Yeah, they popped up.
2: Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny Pickett was a fifth round draft pick, most likely coming into the season. He's yeah. the number one quarterback on the board, y'all. <laughs> He's yeah. The number one quarterback.
0: Yeah.
2: The EJ Manuel texted me the other day. He said that dude coming back. Might have made himself $35 million in the long term. In the long term. I said, I wish there's someplace I could come back for for 35000000 million. <laughs> I'll go anywhere for $35 But <laughs>
1: like, that, that just shows you how crazy the preseason rankings are. I mean, all yes. the guys we had going into the first round top five picks yeah. are really falling off. And we haven't seen that in a long time where the predicted picks are nowhere to be found, even for the Heisman.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. So the so one thing I'll tell you slip too into is,
1: that playoffs, that's why.
2: Yeah, right. The one thing it's... I'll tell y'all too is, if Sam Howell looks like the quarterback he was projected to be preseason, on Saturday we're in trouble. So we Ooh. can't have that. Can't have. That. Yeah.
1: All yeah.
0: right. So I'm gonna go ahead and step in the middle of these two to Notre these two Notre Dame Ohio dudes. I have to deal with this dude talking about the Bengals every week. Yeah. <laughs> but now and now I have two Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals fans. <laughs> On the podcast, so how excited are you about Joey franchise and everything that's going on? I mean, to be sitting right there as the number one seed, I don't think anybody saw that coming. And the fact that they
2: lost to the look, Bears, Look, look me true. I saw. Yeah, don't don't it. say I, nobody saw it, Sean, just because you didn't give us any love. Just, just, like, yeah, no you know, I no just love, the fields, for man.
1: No Fields.
2: Man. <laughs> well, let me tell it to you like this: top five quarterback. Top five, top five quarterback, Joe Burrow. Top five running back, Joe Mixon. Top five receiver, Jamar Chase. Top five defense, Bengals defense. Uh, to me, that puts you in the top five of the NFL. And I think this team is going to be a playoff team. And in the playoffs, anything is possible. But what I love most is they're young. They don't know any better about the history, what we haven't been able to do. Yeah. The struggles in the postseason. These dudes is just coming out there trying to be great. Joe has swag. Jamar has Swag. Joe has swag. How about Uzama at the tight end spot? Swag. (laughs) Swag. I mean, like Hendrickson's all up in dudes' faces talking about, look at the scoreboard in Baltimore.
1: Baltimore. We don't
2: do that in Baltimore. So, like, it's changed. Like, it's we're new money, so we're loud. Like, because we ain't been here. It's not long money. It's new. But we're enjoying where we're at right now. Now, if we go into New York. We lose to these Jets.
1: It's definitely viable. It
2: definitely <laughs> oh, right. But that's us, right, Malik? That's like, we'll gets cut us. out to but a team led by Mike. Is,
1: I agree. I think Joey Burrow is it. He's he's been proved. I mean, I've never seen a guy catch a catch a break and then run with the hot streak to this day. Should have been rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt. And just his overall performance in the way that usually the Bengals' biggest problem is that they love their people so long they don't want to really true. change it. kind of like Pittsburgh. They want to develop talent. It's a family organization. But the new money, like you said, has changed the whole wave of what Cincinnati can be. And people forget that the jungle is just like the 12th man for Texas A&M. True. It's a tough place to play true. when they're good. And true. when Carson Palmer was there, you got some vibes from him But Joey Burrow. It's like Carson Palmer 2.0. The city loves him. He's from there. He's good for the city. And Bingo fans are like the, the poor man's Cowboys fans. But now they gave him the, the battery in their back with Jamar Chase. Now we're a Cowboys.
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. One so
1: of the most obnoxious fans in the league, and I love now,
0: it. You know you set yourself up, right, bro? You know you set yourself <laughs> up because – you put it in. You put it in the atmosphere. And if any time if they fall behind the Jets, I can't wait to hear the radio this Sunday. I know, <laughs> I know, I know your other half has, boys. I'm leaving. I won't do the show. <laughs> she's gonna let you have it. Yeah, I love the way you guys go back and forth each and every Sunday during the games, man. It's fantastic radio once again. We're talking to Jordan Cornette, ESPN Radio, ACC Network. He is the host of the. College football studio show right there each and every Saturday. Great cast of guys, Coach Mark Rick, Eric McLean, EJ Manuel. You guys do a fantastic job. Before I let you go, because I know you probably have some uh sun duties coming up. You know, you know, know. Duty, So let me get, I don't want to get in trouble with the missus. Yeah, she's
2: over here looking too. <laughs> yeah, I, I know.
0: You know I, <laughs> times are ticking, time's a ticket. So
2: answer this for me, King's Island or Coney Island? Yeah. Oh, man, you got to go Kings, man. It's in my back. Kings?
1: That's, That's, it. It. That's hey, it. That's exactly
2: I don't, it. Kings I don't,
1: Island is underrated one of the top five best amusement parks because it's a remote location. It's yes. not like this huge factory. You find a bunch of them. And it's really good rides. It's really
2: yeah. good rides. Yeah. Now, so I top I'm- five in the country. I say all that to say this though. I'm afraid of heights, so I don't, I won't ride one damn ride at Kings Island. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I still got love for Kings Island. I used to go on dates in like eighth grade. That's right. Be like, let's go on this ride, Son of the Beast, or or whatever. I'd be like, yeah, you Seven good? I'll get right, some i wait for you once, once you finish. Nah, that's a hey,
1: that's the smoothest thing we had, and then they, and then they had the little water park right there. Water, yeah. the
2: beach, yeah, and Kings Island had its own too. We it was love. Is- it, hey, yes,
1: I'm trying to tell you that's that's some hidden gems in Ohio, man. You can't. Yes, can't yes, food.
0: sir. Hey, so as always, Lucky Lefty Podcast is brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com for that premium American whiskey. Uh, you make sure you send Jordan and Shay some of that premium whiskey, Malik. Yeah,
2: hey,
1: let's uh, go. I might need it if you, if you lose a couple, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You might have to come into the crib after there. Yeah, yeah, no you doubt. That's what you want, man.
2: I love it, man. Well, Sean Malik, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. Good Notre Dame love. Good brothers here, man. And enjoy what you guys are doing. Happy to be on whenever y'all want me.
0: Hey, we thank you so much for joining us right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. When we come back, we'll get into Malik's clean sheet, and he'll give his three keys to a dub against North Carolina right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hey, lefty. what's going on? Hey, Lefty, hey, lefty what do you saying? Man, welcome back. We thank Jordan Cornett from the ACC Network for joining us, talking some college football, talking some Notre Dame football. As Once again, follow him on Twitter at Jordan Cornett. You can listen to him and his wife, Shay Pepler. Cornett, each and every Sunday during the football games, the early football games on ESPN Radio. Just look up your local ESPN Radio affiliate and you can catch him. Hosting a studio show on the ACC network for college football. And he'll be doing college basketball as well once that season starts. Jack Yep. Check him out on the ACC network. It's time for the Queen Sheet. That's right. Another challenging week for Tommy Reeves to see the game plan he should come in with and how creative he should be facing the North Carolina Tar Heels defense. Another defense that's undisciplined, not really as bad as USC as far as tackling. But you can beat them through the air. You can beat them on the ground. You can have it your way from an offensive standpoint. So what's the clean sheet this week for Tommy Reese?
1: This week we're forcing the ball to Kyron Williams. We're going to establish that run game. Build on the momentum with that offensive line last week. and be heavy play action. And then we'll see some flashes of some of our, our, our guys. We'd love to see some Braden Lindsay, some Avery Davis. You know, Michael Mayer and that play action is gonna get some get some uh opportunities out there. So the biggest key for us is to be able to establish the run through hella high water. If we get hiring going in the first half or second half, we should be able to do anything we want. That's the best way we can play. The team is giving us everything we are asking for and more. So we'll be able to. Get out of this game. It'll be a rough first start, but it's only the Trojan horse to a better second half.
0: Good to hear that Michael Mayer is even more healthy this week leading into this game, according to head coach Brian Kelly. And we saw a lot more of Michael Mayer and Kevin Austin both in the slot in the four-wide receiver set. So that's something to continue to look for. It's hard to defend both of those guys in the middle of the field. It is.
1: I really think Kevin Austin and Michael Mayer is slotting tight in, and it's just a lot of attention to really open up Brady Lindsey. Avery Davis has the speed to be on the outside. I think it will be a good switch up to not have him just run down the sideline every play.
0: And they get more depth at the running back position as Chris Tyree returns. Uh, his practice, they were going to observe him in practice on Thursday to make sure that he was ready to go 1%. But more than likely, he'll be back on the field. I don't know if he's going to be back in special teams, but he'll be back at the running back position. I believe Lorenzo Styles Jr. will continue to return kicks at least for this week. And we saw the return of Sebo Flemister on last week. So that 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 backfield is getting more depth the deeper we get into the season. All right. You know what time it is. Favorite part of the preview show is Malik. Keys to a dub as Notre Dame welcomes in North Carolina. The Tar Heels invade. Come in for another night game. It's going to be Liddy once again. Give me your three keys to a dub. Notre
1: three keys on. to a dub. Kyra Williams has to be over 150 yards by the end of the game. Second key to the game is how is the secondary going to hold up Mary and the thing with explosive plays? If our secondary can limit explosive plays to five or less, we have a great chance. And then the last thing is, can we contain Sam Howell? If we can get a good four or five sacks on him, we'll get the job done. I think this is a defensive game for us to even flex our muscle more. We held a good USC offense to less points than they've averaged all season, and I think we can continue that coming this week.
0: Same game plan defensively that we saw against USC for uh, UNC.
1: I think it's something similar, but I think even more heavy focused on the quarterback. They don't have a Drake London necessary that you got to pay a, a lot of a little more attention to. Yeah, but at the same time, we don't want to lose our identity on defense with being aggressive. And I don't think it changes this week too much.
0: Hey, what's the key word this week? Tackle. Tackle, yeah. yeah, tackle,
1: tackle it, open space. They're going to get out there second day time.
0: So Notre Dame has to be effective getting down, getting the ball carrier down. As soon as they catch it, limit, yak, gimmick, limit, rack, whatever you want to call it. After they catch the ball, get them down on the ground, and you should be pretty successful, especially if you get to the third and long. And offensively, Stay just as efficient as you were on third and fourth downs last week, nine of 13. That's bananas from an efficiency standpoint on third and fourth down. If they keep that up, look, this is the game. You know we have a bet. This is the best shot to score 40. I I really (laughs) This is the best shot to score 40. This is it.
1: The colder it
0: gets. the The colder it gets. Well, their, their best shots are against North Carolina and on the road against Virginia. Yeah, because coming back after that Virginia game in the cold, I know we're not putting up 40. And I no. know we're not putting up 40 offensively against Navy. No. We might put up 40 with a little bit of help from the defense and special yeah, teams, yeah. but against Navy, nah.
1: That's a 10-7 game almost, you know
0: now you might be going too far. And just so you know, the listeners, we thank you guys so much. Lucky Lefty Nation. Thank you for your continued support. And I appreciate you guys for how you had my back on the slant. Most everybody responded to the slant saying, look, Malik is tripping. We will smash Iowa on a neutral field. <laughs> 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 Notre Dame fans were on you, bro. They were like, yo, Malik is tripping.
1: But I don't think I don't think we would lose to them. I do think we wouldn't smash them
0: though I don't think we would smash them. But, hey, you know, whatever but most fans were really you know a topic like that most fans would go over the top most fans were really honest about how Notre Dame were fair against the top ten. They were like, look here that top three or four uh, uh, we'd
1: beat Oklahoma though we would beat Oklahoma it it would be a game. It'll be a game, but that be the that be the the top of what I
0: think. It'll be a game. I will be worried about Caleb, though. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm saying out of the other three, outside of Caleb and Oklahoma, I think we can give it Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. Everybody I mean, else. I
1: don't think we can give with Georgia. Ohio State. I don't think we can last the entire game, but I do think we would give Ohio State some money.
0: It's so funny because they in a in a span of like four minutes they swung from like. Yeah, Malik, when you talked about how you would smash Michigan on a neutral field.
1: Yeah, we'd smash
0: Michigan. And then you brought up Iowa and they were like, come on, bro. <laughs> Man,
1: we would we play we yeah, Iowa will be a game. I don't know. It's just something about it.
0: Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the preview show. As always, go follow us at Lucky Lefty Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And then subscribe, like, and share. This show right here, let everybody know, the best show. We spin it different when we talk about Notre Dame football and college football. Nobody else spins it like us right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hey, we're going We're going to be honest with you. These late night games, you know, I'm I'm getting home late. I'm at the studio. <laughs> I'm getting home late because I'm at the studio and, and, and my partner, uh, you know what I'm saying? My partner, you know, I you know, once 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 the clock once the clock hits double zero, man, my partner, man, man, he <laughs> 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 so we would love to do a live show <laughs> for you after the game.
1: We gonna We gonna do a live show, man, I promise, man. We not gonna. We not gonna fall out on that one, man.
0: We are gonna, gonna. Dude, you know the, know the fans ask you. The, people the fans you. told us we kept pump faking this week.
1: <laughs> you know, but it's good to know that they tuning in because they, they, right. they, they need that. They need that dose of reality. You know that 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 dose of what's really going on underneath the layer of
0: college football. So when we finally did come on, they were like, "All right, now,"
1: and we put on the show. So we we we, we, we gonna get you your money's worth, man. Just stay with us. And we're we gonna do our thing.
0: We had the Charles Barkley going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no more pumping in, I promise.
0: Ah, that's it for this week, man. So, Saturday night, we'll see how it goes. See if Notre Dame can shut down Sam Howe and another. Yo, I already I put my score over on uh, Iris Breakdown. I got it 31 21. I'm gonna stick with that. Okay. I hope, story, 40. I, I hope they I hope they score 40, but I'll stick with 31-21.
1: I got 31-24. That's what I had going into it. Thank hey, you.
0: either way, Notre Dame covers. That's right. Yeah, I just don't get that for I that three and a half, four. I Vegas is on something.
1: Well, you know, Vegas, is really, trying you. To tempt,
0: Vegas is really trying to tempt people and the public. To put their money on North Carolina, <laughs> bro. That three and a half is real. Well, that three and a half will suck you in, right? It would. That would suck because you know that can be a late cover. That, that could be right. like a you know a late touchdown. No, yeah, like,
1: nothing that is real, right?
0: Man, don't let Vegas get you like that. Don't Straight you all do up. it? shade up. All right, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We see you guys live for the post game show sometime after the game and after Brian Kelly speaks to the media on Saturday night, hopefully after another dub. But my guy, Malik Zaire, I am Sean Davis. This has been a preview show, North Carolina. We'll see you guys Saturday night.
1: See
0: you. You're listening to, to the Lucky, Lucky Lefty, Lefty Podcast with Malik Zaire. Never will there ever
1: be another like me. Um, you can play like the because
0: it ain't right me. And Sean, and Sean